you're going to see the interview everyone is going to be talking about. Wagon wheel Watusi. What do I think of her? Yes. I don't think of her. Then we become divas as opposed to just strong women. Oh, coughing during my interview, really? It feels uh, reductive. Welcome, dear listener, and are you ready for a little something extra? Because we would like to serve it to you. I'm Holly Morgan, and my husband Tom is also here. No, you stayed up till 3am drinking martinis and watching Super Bowl halftime shows. Mm, yes, that's the thing we did. Uh, so we'd like to thank you just first off the bat for all your fabulous responses to our chat with Len Blanco. Yeah. About amazing Charlotte Church. Uh, fabulous. Lem is is a hilarious person, and you must try and catch uh, them whenever they're gigging. Um, as as they said, they didn't have anything coming up, but like check their Instagram and stuff because they are truly, absolutely brilliant. I've been on Len, Len's Twitter recently, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm pretty anything? sure they're doing several gigs. Great here and there, just sort of appearances at drag nights, etc., etc., etc. Amazing. Go get some fantastic drag in your lives. Uh, before we start anything, what we first want to do is uh, throw in a little Rich's bitch. Yeah. Um, it's the return of the bitch herself. Yeah. The bitch is back. She's just back from Palm Springs. La- from, Lan- from Lanzarote. Lanzarote and, and then Palm, Palm Springs. Springs. All the big holiday destinations. So she's back and she's got, she's got something to say. She's Her name say. is Rich Hawkins and she has something to say. Hello, I just listened to your new podcast and I do have things to bitch about. First of all, I'm very sad that Holly went in early and made the joke about herself being Welsh, but actually from London and not really Welsh. Because honestly, it's my favourite thing. Although I have met Holly's family several times now. They're very lovely and they are very Welsh, which I think is disappointing. Because how much funnier would it be if she just wasn't Welsh and just pretended and sometimes did the accent? Shame. Um, Charlotte Church. Absolutely, like... This is not even a bitch because congratulations. That is such a good choice. Like you, you, you think a diva, you think, you know, Cher, Celine, Britney, which by the way, we're all waiting for. But no, you're right. Charlotte Church is an absolute diva. For me, Tissues and Issues is incredible. And I think you're wrong. Um, I feel like I was about 15 when that album came out and I listened to the shit out of it. You know how like every, you have those like decade defining albums or whatever. Like for some people, it's like, I don't know, Tapestry or Jagged Little Pill if you're my husband or whoever. No, for me, it's Tissues and Issues is up there. I listened to that album on repeat. Obviously, Crazy Chick's amazing. Um, Call My Name is great. It was a little bit sad how sexualized she was in the video, because even at 15, I sensed she's not really keen on this. Um, Even God, beautiful ballad. Even God can change the past. Or can't change the past. Yeah, can't change the past. That makes more sense. Um, Great. Easy Way Out, another absolute banging song. Um, really just worth checking out, like do those four. I'm not saying every song is great, but we all make bad decisions when we're 18. So generally she got it right. Um, you also missed out the opera song, which very briefly is hilariously, it's like a D, uh, DJ somebody or other featuring Charlotte Church. And it's a dance track with an opera song on top of it. Um, but they never revealed, I think this is true. I haven't fact checked this, but I'm pretty sure I remember this is true, that they never revealed it was Charlotte Church until they released it. So they put the song out and everyone was like, ooh, who's that voice? Who's the diva? And then the big reveal was Charlotte Church, which I just think is hilariously camp. Excellent. Um, chat show. This is where my love of Charlotte Church really ramped up. The chat show was so funny. I'm so sad Tom doesn't know it because it's very, very much your stuff. 
um, the theme tune every week she changed it so it was like the chorus was always this is my theme tune my Charlotte theme tune if you don't like it well who gives a shit or something like that but then the verses they tailored to whatever was in the news that week but when I say news <laughs> it's not really news it was like current affairs that I actually gave a shit about so it was like episode four I think it is it's like I say I think it is like I don't listen to it on YouTube all the time um episode four is like Pete and Nikki from Big Brother split up and one of the lyrics is like I can't remember verbatim but it's like is this a real relationship or just a PR wank oh yes please Charlotte Church calling out PR wanks in a song primetime telly excellent the other great thing about the chat show I mean I'm sure there's chat in the middle but I remember none of it the best thing is that at the end, she always did a duet with her musical guest, but on a random song, which made the most iconic duos come together. Like you get like Alicia Dixon duetting with Charlotte Church to sing a killer song. Or like Jamelia comes in and sings, uh, what did she sing? Show me, show, you got the love, you got the love. Jamelia and Charlotte Church, like that is a song I would buy. An album of Charlotte Church duetting with 2005 pop ladies is 100% for me. So Rich did not think that he'd added enough about how he thinks that Tissues and Issues is about wanking. So he sent me the follow-up WhatsApp voice note. This is actually going to sound hella tinny because I'm uh, currently hanging out at LAX. Oh, sorry if I work in Hollywood. I'm so glamorous. Um, no, Tissues and Issues. The thing about Tissues and Issues, I think the title is perfect. Like, it's so good um, because you think it's about, well, like being adolescent and having a lot of issues and crying a lot but i don't think it is i do not think that's miss charlotte's style like i don't think she was a crying teenager i just think it's about you know when you reach that place where you've got a lot of issues there's a lot going on it's all a bit overwhelming so you just lie back and have a wank honestly i think tissues and issues is an album about masturbation and i love that for charlotte also check out the album front cover she's like lying on a bed it's like she's holding a rose in her mouth or something like come on with your metaphors i'm sure of it um, so this week on Little Diva Energy, uh, we would like to announce that we are going to take a step back from our duties as official chroniclers of current events in Diva and instead give you an episode reviewing past acts of pomp, camp and excess. Uh, you may not have pegged us for enthusiasts of team sports. Obviously, we can't participate in any activity where balls come flying at our face, despite the obvious consequences for our social life. Uh, but it doesn't mean that we can't get involved in the great sporting events which unite us all. Because if there is one thing upon which we can all agree in these divisive times, it's that Lawrence Fox is a total tool and the Super Bowl halftime show is absolutely hilarious. Um, <laughs> uh, and listener, dear listener, we have watched every Super Bowl halftime show that is readily available on the internet, so you don't have to. Um, so for those of you that maybe don't uh, watch the Super Bowl, it's, uh, it's it, sport? What is it? American football? Yes. And then, is the technical name of the sport. Yeah, and in the middle of it, basically, there's a real event. Um, and this year, it's going to be J-Lo and Shakira. Shakira. Um, so we thought we'd do... Giving her her full title. You can't say it one time. Oh, Shakira, Shakira. Uh, so we thought we'd just do, in advance of the Super Bowl, we would do a retrospective roundup of the greatest events in diva in the halftime show um there is an enormous sausage fest in the middle of it <laughs> um which uh i happen to like you know massive we're both massive 
Bruce Springsteen and Tom Petty fans um, and Paul McCartney. And the Rolling Stones. And the Rolling Stones. Literally some of my favourite acts of all time, but that's for a different podcast. We're here to talk about Big Diva Energy in the Halftime Show. Mm -mm. So, strap in. And we're going to take you back to 1991. Uh, this was the New Kids on the Block and literally thousands of children. Um, so a thing you'll notice in the, in the Super Bowl halftime shows, if you do go on YouTube and watch any of the ones we talk about, you will notice that there are main thematic strands, hairspray, children, pyro. And this one, so like the early days of the Super Bowl, do you want to just summarise what it was all about before... Before yeah, like so event. before the before the divas stepped in, as they want to do to make sure that things are getting done, mm -hmm. um, the Super Bowl halftime show was sort of largely the remit of marching bands, uh, mm -hmm. all very sort of American and all American and sort of sporty. Yeah, um, they would have uh, you know whatever particular marching band from the local community. Yeah, in uh, whatever city that the Super Bowl was being held in. Mm -hmm. I don't pretend to understand a single thing about American football, but I am no. aware that the Super Bowl transfers cities from time to time, presumably. Something to do with who is playing it. Who's playing the playing the football? Maybe, or maybe it's held elsewhere because you'd presume that they they'd have some sort of um, neutral space. I, I don't know. I don't give a shit. I don't give a flying fuck. I don't I'm give two hot shits about the Super Bowl or what it means. <clears throat> Apart from, I look forward to it every year on the basis of who's going to be playing it and what's going to happen. Absolutely. Anyway, sorry. So, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. So uh, it, it was the remit. Of marching bands, they mm -hmm. would play, uh, they would usually have a theme, it looks like. Uh, it started mm -hmm. in the 1960s, this, by the way. Right. So the, you get sort of like about three decades. So the 60s, 70s, and, and most of the 80s before anything really decent, half decent happens. And then in the late 80s, Disney seems to get involved. Yeah, Disney get involved in a big way. You start to have Disney characters as being uh, technically down on Wikipedia anyway, as present... Uh, um, performers <laughs> it's really quite scary the early ones it, they it, it they all look a little bit like they're in the hunger games <laughs> you look like you're in sort of like district 14 and there's I, I can't i can't tell you how many children there are there's literally thousands of children yeah and then they and then they started to get pop stars involved around the end of the 80s so yeah you, and so um 1991 the new kids on the block was the first one we get an actual pop star is that pre mj or or pre that's preemptive. Yeah, so you get the new kids on the block lip syncing to one singular track, despite the fact that they're all different men. <laughs> um, they're all kind of wearing a sort of like vinyl wipe down trouser uh, and overseen by these sort of post apocalyptic, hideous Hunger Games Disney blimps. Um, so that's the early, that's, that's the first one that was veering towards what we would now recognize as the halftime show. Still a lot of kids. So many fucking kids. 1992, um, in my notes, I've written boring. Um, it really was. The theme was winter magic and it was held <laughs> in Minneapolis. And it's like, given that it happens in January, it's definitely not Christmas anymore, guys. February. If February, right, okay, early whatever. Fe early February. 100% not Christmas. And they were all singing Winter Wonderland and stuff and um, pretending it's cold. It's like 18 degrees, apparently, in Minneapolis. That one was particularly, yeah. Minneapolis yeah. is not famously hot, but it's uh, on that particular occasion, it was 18 degrees out. Yeah. I mean, and if you've got a winter theme, 
don't book Gloria Estefan. <laughs> it's like famously chilly Gloria, like the Gloria Estefan Latinx salsa performer. <laughs> it was so weird and boring. Loads of kids. 1993, talking of loads of kids, um, Michael Jackson, um, uh-uh. Michael Jackson surrounded by children in an arena. Um, just, and then he did the Super Bowl halftime show. Um, okay, so he sings, I think we are the world. And it's like, okay, this is the first time you get like a, a, a proper mega star mm-hmm. taking the, the spotlight, but it's still it's still about Yeah, the like delivering their services, so to speak, to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because let's let's also not forget that the Super Bowl is is almost like uh, the Westfield of sports. It's yeah. it is a temple to commercialism. Yes, like they exactly. are literally trying to sell you shit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> particularly down to the fact that um, the advert, quote unquote, for the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl advert that that whatever company was able to. Um, negotiate uh-huh. the the best contract would be the one that got their Super Bowl advert on. So this year we're going to get adverts from Trump and from Michael Bloomberg, who are going to be facing off uh, in adverts that they've both paid, I think, about $10 million for each. Um, there was a time when people used to talk about, I mean, we talk about the halftime show now, but people used to talk about the adverts. Oh, right. There was the Beyonce Pepsi one. Oh, yeah. It was the, okay, so those big Pepsi ones. And the Britney one as well. Right, and they debut those in the Super Bowl. They would be the Super Bowl. Um, oh. Advert breaks, yeah. So it's a bit, it's a big, it's a big commercial deal. Yeah. So we probably shouldn't be uh, enjoying it so much, but I am. So no, but it is why you end up with those performers doing it, and yeah. and why the new kids on the block feel so weird, and why the Disney characters are there, and why MJ was doing it. Like mm. it's all, it's all brand ex- exercise. Yeah. Okay. So the first one that was good was in 1994 um i think this is the super bowl halftime show that invented the super bowl halftime show which one is this it's the juds oh oh fuck me i enjoyed that one so much as tits it's off the chain incredible winona and naomi judd um kind of headline it um when winona's got like uh it's it's feather feather cut do power blouse um, formation lightsabers. That's where you first see the lightsabers becoming a thing. Like neon is very um, handy when you get big crowds of people at the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, it looks great. It looks really great. Um, some really just like highly flammable outfits, high camp um, country, and uh, pyro, big pyro. It was country as a fucking biscuit. Winona and Naomi seeing Love Can Build a Bridge. Um, and build a bridge they did with hairspray it's absolutely incredible and um you might have seen young britney used to do do that as her like when she was on the pageant circuit what love can build a bridge yeah when she was like six there's um footage of her singing it really yeah it was obviously like a big hit that year Mm -hmm. um yes that's like pyro a go-go fewer kids and um yeah that that's the one for me i was like yes now we're getting somewhere it feels it feels a lot like the modern ones we watch. Mm. You're right. Mm. I, th- I I do think it invented the version that we watch now. It's got a real sort of sense of like the crowd running around the pitch, yeah. the sort of uh, the extra dancers, the performance aspect of it, the mm-hmm. sort of, yeah, it all feels very modern because it does go downhill a little bit after that, doesn't it? Well, well not the- downhill, but it goes... 
it gets Weird. different. The next year is sponsored by Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom ride by Disney. It's, it's in Orlando, right? Um, yeah, that year it is in yeah um, Florida, and it is honestly that one. That one was deeply problematic. It's very sort of um, generic slave <laughs> was the kind of vibe, yeah. wasn't it? Um, and then Patty LaBelle came out, and things went up from there. That was great. Patty LaBelle singing like an air raid, like really high, really focused. Um, <laughs> is that your Patty LaBelle? <laughs> um, there's some fan choreo, which is definitely lifted from the Blonde Ambition tour. It is. Yeah. That was- it's quite apparent. Mm. I was not a fan of that. Um, but- I mean, you were a fan of it. But- yeah. I mean, yeah, when Madonna did it. Um, there were there was a man on fire. Yeah. Yeah. A lit man. A lit man. Who was just stumbling around on fire for a bit. They shot it all from the back so you couldn't tell it wasn't Harrison Ford. So Except you could definitely tell it wasn't Harrison Ford. It was Ford. just 100% not Harrison It was just like some male model sort of like in, a, in an oversized leather jacket wandering around. I enjoyed the campness of the fact that the two quote-unquote leads, the one playing mm. Indiana Jones and... Um, the f- female character that is in Temple of Doom, whose name escapes me. I can't remember. Um, they are uh, lip-syncing to voices that they put over the top. Yeah. And oddly enough, the voice is clearly the... Well, it's clearly someone who's not Harrison Ford. Yeah. But also not the guy that's playing the part. Yeah. So they're sort of lip-syncing to voices that aren't their own, but also aren't the ones that you really want them to be. Really weird. <laughs> and really then odd. Tony Bennett comes out. Tony Bennett looked like he was making it up. He was just sort of doing... Sounded like it, it too. Was, it was great. Like, vocally, I was like, yes, Tony, but very incoherent. Like the whole show, but big budge. Big budge, big sets, man on fire, pyro, Patty LaBelle. Yeah, you're so... <clears throat> what you're getting at at this point is the idea of the Super Bowl halftime show in within two years has been created in yeah. the sense that you're marrying this kind of style that mm-hmm. the country, the celebration of country, as it was called, uh, delivered. That's mm. the sound of Holly's martini crashing against <laughs> another glass. Professionalism. Um, so you're getting that the, the style of that country year married to the uh, the budge. Yeah. The the double B, the, the yeah. big bouger. Big budget, big Marrying those two together, and that's that's what you get now, really. I mean, yeah. that's what the modern halftime show is. It's, yeah. It's, it's budget plus this sort of style of performance that was created by, I think, well... I agree. Which brings us to 1996. Oh, here we go. This is the shit. It's the one. Diana Ross. <gasps> Diana Ross in 1996. Cast your mind back... Uh, so that we're talking the Spice Girls essentially, and year like, before, yeah, right. It's 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 Spice Girls hadn't quite come out in terms of culture. Diana Ross, it's not it's 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 past that um, BG Zero stuff. It's not come, I'm coming out or any of that album. She's a heritage act basically by this yeah, point. Yeah, hundred percent. She it's in Arizona. She basically does a whistle stop tour through the sixties hits. She's singing them all really, really quickly, isn't she? Yeah, really fast. Um, Almost like she's doing like a punk version of her own Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Except it sounds exactly the same, just sped up. Like she's trying to get through it. I mean, to be fair, she's only got a limited time. Yeah. And she wants to cram a lot of them in. She's got a lot of hits. 
um, I've written in my notes in capitals, where is Diana Ross? Because a lot, <gasps> yeah. they just hadn't got the, 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 it felt like I had one guy with a camcorder on it. There was about two minutes where I couldn't see Diana Ross. Half the time, this guy with the camcorder's in the fucking sky. Yeah. I don't give a shit about how big the pitch is. Where's Diana Ross? Um, and then you find her and it's because she's having a costume change. So you're like... You and zo- you see her in the middle of the costume yeah. change. Yeah. She zooms out for about five minutes, comes back, she's still doing the costume change. Now... This is going to get me in trouble. Diana Ross is a vocalist. It's a diff. It, it's it's a thin voice, mm. like the voice on the early sixties hits. It's a kind of light, thin voice, which you can release to good effect in the studio. Yes, but maybe not so much raggedy. <laughs> <laughs> it was raggedy. Um, the kids were back. More kids again. Also, um, I listened to uh, the latest episode of Hot Goss, and without uh-huh. this podcast oh, yeah, becoming that, yeah. a version of Hot Goss, mm. uh, Willem very rightly points out that uh, Diana Ross, whilst being an icon, mm-hmm. is also very problematic in the sense that she famously um, did not want to sing I'm Coming Out. I'm Coming Out after she found out that it was, or that it could be interpreted as being about being gay. Yeah. And she she said, I'm not, I'm not singing that then. <laughs> Not great. Um, not as bad as Donna Summer. Donna Summer. What like, did Donna Summer do? Out, out and out homophobe. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunate. Um, so, Miss, but Miss Ross, you know, she isn't an icon. She is a diva. She is. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. One that we know will definitely cover. Um, decided to sing Gloria Gaynor at the end of the yeah, set. Really odd. Um, so we've had. I think we have two costume changes. We have one into a sort of like um, pink fantas- fandango fantasy, mm-hmm. and then we have a gold plinth created from the she gets hydraulics hydraulics start to become a feature of the super bowl so she's on a giant lift with it's a the giant aforementioned bourget. yeah it's very wicked it's 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 like wicked wrapped in wrapping paper but then this is when she outdivas herself a helicopter arrives you see it approaching yeah on the horizon and you think hello Who's, what's this helicopter president's on his way oh it's the ride for miss ross the helicopter lands on the pitch. Taxi for Miss Ross. She gets in. She's singing, Take Me Higher, while still, still the mic is live, and she off she goes into the sky. The greatest exit of And we all time. never saw her again. <laughs> Incredible. So, right, this is the bar now, guys. The, the bar is hydraulics. So, so far, to round up, we've got <clears throat> country and western. They turn up. They invent the format. Mm-hmm. The style is, has been created. Next year, we've got Indiana Jones, we've got commercialism, but we've got bouge. Yeah, and we've got, we've got giant budget and a diva involved. Then we've got Diana Ross. She turns up. She's got the budget. Yeah. She's got the style. She also then decides to get in a helicopter and ride away. I'm also going to say something we should be uh, chronicling as journalists. Uh, <laughs> Which is definitely what we are. 100%. Uh, Roby Vokes. Yeah. Roby Vokes. Sorry, are... but it, it's ropes. Yeah. Like, uh, if you disagree... By all means, come at us via Twitter at Diva Energy yeah. uh, or email us at BigDivaEnergyPod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. But I would urge you, before you start coming at us about it, to to watch the video. It's yeah. on YouTube. It's mm-hmm. readily available. And the Vokes are not good enough. Yeah, not good enough. I've written Board Brothers. That was the Blues Brothers here. Boring. Skip skip that. 1998, we got a Motown tribute in San Diego, uh, which was interesting. 
Martha Reeves. Mm-hmm. Nasal A as fuck. Yeah, that was odd. It was really weird. She put it like, I mean, I've got a cold, um, but she was more nasal than me. She really, really was quite, quite. Um, she'd have some pyro going on in Heatwave though, which I was into. It's true, but she was singing like Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, she was. Um, Queen Latifah in Quite the Coat. Singing. Uh, I heard it through the grapevine, which was an interesting choice. I say singing. Yeah, it was, again, Ropey Vokes. Sorry, QL. Not a great year, I'm going to say, that Motown one. Although, obviously, great to celebrate the genius of Motown. Yeah, and Barry, Barry Gordy's there and he's having a great time. And, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not in Detroit, which no. seems wrong because that is what Motown's all about. But It's the 40th anniversary, isn't it? And it's, like, it's an amazing, like, celebration of african-american excellence so you know great and that but, is what it feels like to be yeah. fair stevie wonder was out the, the country one but yeah. he didn't sing anything he was just well he lurking. did sing he was just lurking at the back in the end no one put stevie in the corner um so yeah okay right 1999 is called soul salsa and swing stevie wonder is headlining gloria estefan's back <gasps> the vokes are a bit better it's still boring boring dull as f yeah really dull 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 I need more helicopter antics. Yeah. Right, 2000. This was the weird one that Which looked one like the, the Julie Taymor one. Good Lord. Oh, my God. It was It was really, again, it was like the Dark Crystal, wasn't it? Pray they, for the Millennium. They had this huge sort of Lion King-esque woman rising from the... From the yes. Really weird. I reckon Tamor's hands were all over it. It was a horrible It feels like a Tamor thing. Yeah. And not just because of the Lion King stuff. But like, it genuinely feels like a Tamor. Yeah. It's is it Disney? It's Disney. It's the theme is Disney, but none of them are Disney film songs. No. They're original. It's Phil right? Collins. Fucking Phil Collins. So it's basically an exercise in Disney um, advertising Tarzan, which yeah. would have been out at the same time. Load of people with balloon animals on their heads um, and then some sort of like tokenistic sort of African styling. It was all a bit weird. Like if Julie Taymor designed your child's birthday party. Yeah. Um, my granddad used to refer to Phil Collins as stinking Phil Collins <laughs> because he was on the train to visit us, uh, my mum, when she was pregnant with me and Live Aid was on. So Live Aid, my mum's quite pregnant during Live Aid. And he, so he came in. I don't know what they were talking about. Someone called Stinkin' Phil Collins. Sting and Phil Collins. Sure. So uh, I was thinking of him as Stinkin' Phil. And it was Stinkin'. Also, no one had bothered to dress up. Could you remember oh, what they were yeah. dressed up? Collins turns up in like a pair it's, of slacks and a and polo. And a Christina Aguilera just had like oh. a nice top on and a wipe down skirt. Sorry, did, we just forgot to mention that Christina Aguilera was there. Yeah, Aguilera duetting with br- Ingla- Agla- Inglesias, which I the Moly one. I quite enjoyed. I found it pedestrian. Um, <laughs> as far as the Christina Aguilera show goes, yeah, yeah, sure. But it's written by Phil Collins, so are you surprised? If I'm going to see Christina Aguilera in a wipe down fab- fabric, I better also be seeing her in a ring and she better be singing dirty. I don't, I'm not interested in her wearing a sort of butcher's apron and a, and a high polar neck. Uh, Tony Braxton, I've written, is this too low, babe? Yeah. It was, I think it was, I think it was too low for her. Um, but however, finally someone dressed up. Tony Braxton had like that flowing mm, white gown, cape, cape affair. Gown, yeah. Then Stinking Phil comes back on his Kangol. We wrap it all up. It's, it's yeah, grim. Now, 2001. Who now we, we're talking. Who have we got? NSYNC. <gasps> oh, it's this one. A- Aerosmith and Britney. This seems like the most obvious thing to say in the world, but when we were watching them all the way through, 
at this point, I go, this is my favourite Super Bowl ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, at this point, it is my favourite Super Bowl ever. We have not got on to several Super Bowls after this. But at the time when I was watching it, I had dredged through such garbage. So many kids. <laughs> there is some real uh, showboating going on. Oh, yes. Now, I don't think this is spoken about enough. I think they were trying to push um, JC as the star, not yeah. Justin Timberlake. Because Justin Timberlake is really sidelined that performance. He is. Why was all the dancing robots? There was that whole album of NSYNC, which was just robots. NSYNC is all robots. Yeah. No, no, hasn't got the material. They haven't got the, the songs for me. Backstreet Boys, all the way. Yeah, Backstreet Boys, all the way. It's got to be me. It's got... Um, no, oh, come on. That's uh, pretty decent. But yeah, you're absolutely right. All NSYNC is robots. All robots. Um, Joey Fat One was dressed like an extra from Rent. I love that he's called Joey Fat One. Joey for Tony, but <laughs> it was just... It was too too perfect. Too perfect. Um, Steve Tyler coming in, giving it his usual jagger nonsense, whatever. Flat as a pancake. Flat as a tyre. It's... I'm sorry. Say what you like about Jagger. He would have never been that flat. No, absolutely. Um, Tyler and Perry just sort of like dicking about, doing their usual... Not Tyler Perry, just to be, not, just not to be very clear. Not the, uh, Tyler and <laughs> the African-American Perry. filmmaker. Then they cut back to Justin Timberlake and he's got fire hands. So maybe someone is a diva. Then... Britney and, and Mary J. Blige, given no fanfare whatsoever. Yeah, suddenly Britney is on your screen. Just wanders in during Walk This Way. Yeah. Uh, which is, I think, the the most offensive thing to happen to that song since the Girls Aloud version. Uh, and then I've written, Nelly, fuck this noise. Oh, fuck that. Ugh. Trailer Park bin fire is what it, it, by the end of it. Uh, yeah, it's for, again, it's, it's in Florida, so it's... Yeah, it's, it's really Florida, isn't it? It's so Florida. Steve Tyler needs to stop trying to kiss Britney. <coughs> twice. Not like, and not as in twice is too many times to try and kiss someone, but, I mean, it is too many is. times to try and kiss someone if they don't want to kiss you. But, yeah. but there are two occasions during a 15-minute performance yeah. in which Steve Tyler tries to kiss Britney on the cheek and she's and, having none of it. And she looks, it, it's really brilliant... It's it's pure two thousands Britney, choppy layers. Yes, choppy layers, midriff a go go, mm-hmm. a vinyl leather trousers. trousers. Oh, everything. Vinyl, yeah, not even leather. Yeah, vinyl. Because they'd be together at that point, wouldn't they? Her and Justin. Well, interestingly, they're sort of echoing the double denim. Yeah, they've both uh, got a vinyl trousers, mainly because they're both wearing vinyl trousers. Why hasn't he given her fire hands though? Because everything about her performance is sidelined. Absolute sausage fest. No, thank you. Talking yeah, of which, the Festa Sausage. We, two thousand two. You two didn't bother to watch it. Didn't even watch it. Can't be asked. Why would I? Two thousand three, Shania. Hello. Oh, Shania, and no doubt, and Sting. Uh, right. Let's discuss Shania. Shania Twain is a goddess. She's a goddess who was sent from, from the Lord heaven to, to delight us. To delight us. She is there in a diamond bra. And a long coat. She's got a walkway. It is not live. That is a departure. <laughs> so the vocals are flawless. <laughs> As they always would be with the Shania, pre-vocal damage. Shania's had really traumatic vocal... She's got the polyps. Yeah, she's got the pulps. Um, she also deploys a crane for the first time. Mm-hmm. Not a Frasier. No. An actual, an actual physical, physical crane. crane. 
um, flying instruments, just flinging like flinging guitars into the crowd, which is great. Yeah, I enjoyed that. But um, she's she's absolutely flawless. Also, she sings "Man, I Feel Like a Woman," and then no doubt come on and do "I'm Just a Girl." So we're like, hmm. What's going on in the zeitgeist? Hello, feminist Super Bowl. Yes. Gwen Stefani made the controversial choice to sing live. Never a good choice for Gwen. No. Not a vocalist. Not a vocalist. Despite being the lead vocalist. Yeah. Um, It is what it is, is what I've written next to Gwen Stefani's performance. (laughs) It is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. You're not wrong. I mean, she looks absolutely stunning. Yes, of course she does. And it's all very, like, no doubt by numbers. She's all that kind of, like, mm-hmm. um, really nasal, vibby stuff she does. And it's fine. And it's, it, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, and the band have their tops off as usual. And yeah. they're just sort of doing that weird, like, sped up bow that they do when they... Yeah, that, all that shit. Yeah. And then Sting comes on. And we lost interest. Yeah, and we turned it off. Uh, 2004. Miss Janet, if you're nasty. Okay. Oh, it's a big one! It's a big one. It's it's got a. It, I mean, it's it's a Cirque du Soleil, isn't it? It is just the. It is leather and ruffles. That's what and everywhere. Ever, everywhere. Even the even the crowd who've just turned up to watch some football mm-hmm. are, are seem to be dressed in leather and ruffles. It's incredible. One thing I will say: this is obviously the Super Bowl of the infamous nipple slip. Nothing is slipple. Not slipple. Nothing is unconsidered in that performance. Not a single. Not a moment. single beat. The, the fact that we even had a conversation about it being an accident is a, is an insult to the intellect of humans because <laughs> it is it is worked out to the second. The idea that you would watch that performance and then go, "Oh my god," Justin accidentally pulled her nipple cover off. I mean, and revealed her actual boob. Yeah, and uh, believe that is. Uh, Insulting. Miss uh, Miss Jackson is not live as well. No. So the vocals are great, uh, and she—it's Rhythm Nation era. So the dance is astonishing. Mm-hmm. It is so much better than her her brother's Super Bowl. Uh, obviously, the form has evolved. I'm not just shitting on him because he's a paedophile, but like yeah, but also like at that point, like Michael's performance at the Super Bowl—he's just knee deep in children singing yeah it's like we are the world or whatever it was. exactly um she has a hydraulic costume change costume change on a hydraulic uh i i i love janet i'm team janet all the way i don't particularly like michael jackson's music no but you're um, a big fan of janet i you? think she's amazing right okay then we go into the what's the song that they're singing when he pulls the when he reveals the boob his song they're doing um one of his ones I think that's the insulting part is that he sings I'll have you naked by the end of this song then reveals her open tit Mm -hmm. I just the idea that anyone bought yeah the the Super Bowl saying oh no we didn't didn't, it was an accident it was a a wardrobe malfunction yeah it was was really annoying because like actually her uh, styling and the whole uh design of, the, of her set is quite political she's got lots of slogans sort of saying like no and things like that in the background and then mm. it's defined by justin timberlake coming on and and her tip whipping whack, her whipping out, yeah. which is a bit annoying uh and then the next like five years it's stones bruce tom petty the who the who it's almost like they were like don't let women do it mm. it all gets very controversial as i said a different podcast then we're going to come back in with Prance. 
The pros. It's the best one. I think you would be hard pushed to find a more enjoyable, more impressive Super Bowl halftime performance than Prince's. It is breathtaking. It's It's astonishing. And I've watched it probably close to a hundred times now in my life. Yeah. And it never fails to make me gasp. If you haven't watched it, there is a, a literal storm going on. And Prince is up there in five inch heels playing the the electric guitar in like puddles of water. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it's like it's like it, the sexiest fucking rain dance you've ever seen. Especially since he's singing Purple Rain at one point. Yeah, and the twins, the twins from that that tour. Um, he, he toured with these amazing, like sp- stupidly beautiful female dancers who just beat for beat, flawless diva energy. Mm-hmm. Prince is it's the embodiment of diva. It's the best one. And then they do, um, they've got a marching band back. Mm-hmm. We've got Neon. We've got that amazing, like, curtain thing that flows up. So that he's sort of... Um, silhouetted against... Silhouetted doing Purple Rain. It is iconic. I think it's the best one. I think after we finish recording this, I'm probably just going to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, my notes get a little bit less coherent from this point onwards. Because of the uh, aforementioned martinis. martinis. 2011, Black Eyed Peas. they come down in some like slings they look like a cult yeah and we just turned it off I've written Fergie faces of meth because I think it's always worth remembering that Fergie came out of meth pretty unscathed but she's always looked about 10 years older than she is so I mean don't do meth meth is worth meth is worth Uh, 2012 this is the big one. This is it. It's it's Madonna. Yes. It is. Now, Madge has done... Madge has a amazing Big Diva habit of going back into live performances after the event and dubbing them. <laughs> so if you were to, for instance, Google... Her Eurovision, Eurovision 2019. Shambles, you would be hearing vocals from the Met Gala the year before because she uh, she tampers with evidence. And I remember watching this Super Bowl in a gay bar in Philadelphia and us all cringing at the vocals and watching it again, I was like, oh, she sounds amazing. I think she's gone in. I think she's done deep cover again. Well, you've been, you've been hurt twice. Yes. You, we watched that Eurovision together. It was quite clear that it was one of the worst vocal performances that I've ever heard from her. Yeah. <clears throat> and we've gone back since and watched the video and gone, oh. Sounds great. She sounds great. She's great. It's just not the same thing. It can't be the same thing. Now, I will have this debate at any time or place. Name your arena and I will go to town and talk about Madonna's vocal capacity. She will. Madonna is one of the greatest recording artists and performers of all time she what makes her so iconic for me is the strength of her blonde ambition she is a workhorse and the standard of that of that halftime show is remarkable Mm -hmm. yes she's not singing live yes she is a woman in her 50s at that point who is dancing in a way that 
you wouldn't necessarily expect to see many 50 year olds being able to dance but that's what i mean she is able to dance she absolutely slays the choreo Mm -hmm. it's amazing the whole the styling of the of it is is fabulous she gets nikki and mia to come out and essentially be her backing singers yeah they don't do anything they just they just look happy to be there they look like they're overawed um I, oh, the party rockers were there, which was a shame. Is that what they called? Was that what they called? The twats that did, uh, I'm sexy and I know it. Awful. That was a shame. That's all right. She was doing what she always does. She was co-opting music at the time to utilise to make herself more popular. Marching band, again, heritage, hydraulics, CeeLo Green doing the solo from Like a Prayer, which Mm -hmm. was interesting. I didn't, I wasn't mad about it. I wasn't mad about it. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. I also enjoyed the fact that she's she's watched Prince's do because mm-hmm. her and Prince, of course, are friends. Yeah. Were friends. Love airs. Um, love airs, mm-hmm. potentially. Uh, yeah, one stage. Uh, Prince appears on the Like a Prayer album, I believe. Yeah, he wrote, um, there's a track he wrote on it. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, right. 2013. We Given that you've just had Madonna... Where do you go from there? You get Beyonce. Of course you do. It's amazing. Yeah. Watching it again, you, I mean, I I saw her live around about this time. It's it's sort of like it's. This is the four. It's four. It's the four era. So she like opens it with love on top. It is such a statement of intent. It is. She's like a feminist show pony. Yeah. Hydraulics fire pyro and that's just her body yeah incredible one thing i will say still a bit of tina Knowles in the styling for me it's very she's wearing what i would describe as um athletic lingerie it's a sort of leather basque in its in its dna that's kind of gussied up a bit and it has just got that little bit of a whiff of the misguided or the the very or the you know like those adverts you see on the tube for like this isn't fake news this these pair of joggers cost 10 pound um boohoo man yeah boohoo man it's got that vibe um we did have to endure baby boy for a bit Mm. i thought was the only bit i wasn't interested in now this is something that I think is interesting. Can you imagine now anyone suggesting that Kelly and Michelle would come out in a Beyonce show? No, it wouldn't now, happen. She, she's transcended that. But in 2013, we can, We got Kelly and Michelle who equipped themselves admirably. Yeah. I mean, it's it's remarkable to watch in the sense that it's probably like a piece of footage that comes right between two eras. Yeah. The, the end of the era in which... Kelly and Michelle would ever appear in a Beyonce show. Yeah. And the beginning of the era when Kelly and Michelle would never appear in a Beyonce show. Exactly. Michelle looks happy to be included. She does. Poor Michelle. Um, Poor Michelle. Uh, They come up on hydraulics. It's everything. Um, I would say that I would have liked to have seen the original lineup come up on hydraulics behind them. Just like the little Latavia in the background. (laughs) I feel like are we going to do a bugaboo? <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, so yeah, absolutely amazing. Classy as well. She thanks everyone at the end. She does. She's very And then does like gracious. a sort of bow. Yeah. Which but, you don't 
see at other halftime shows, people, especially a lot of Gargoyles, which we'll mm. get to. Oh, Gargoyles. Um, I think Beyonce is astonishing and that performance is, I can't even imagine someone being able to do that. It's, it, singing live as well, flawless vocals. It's astonishing and it, and it is clearly live. Yeah, everything. Twenty fourteen, Bruno Mars. Now he's fine. You you feel more passionately about him than I do. I don't feel passionately about him. I just don't. I don't dislike Bruno Mars. I think he's bringing a little Motown, James Brown mm-hmm. flavor to modern music, which I think is sorely lacking. He's a very accomplished musician. He is. I I feel like about him, I'm like... He's a good singer. Yeah. He's a good dancer. He's got good taste in what he rips off. Ex- well, exactly. I'm just like, if you're going to be ripping off other people's music, at least rip off good people's music. Apart from Sting. That song that's basically Message in a Bottle. Oh, sorry. I think it meant Sting ripping off good people's music. Yeah, he Sting does just rips too. off reggae. Um, yeah. Um, the kids are back, and it's very Hunger Gamesy again, as well in places that yeah. Bruno Mars won. 2015, K-Pez. Katy Perry. Love it. Um, I feel like, um, as you can tell in my voice, I've had, a, I've got a cold, uh, and I, it was flu. Uh, and at the peak of it, I watched all of the Masked Singer. I feel like someone from the Masked Singer team just watched Katy Perry's halftime show and was like, "We'll do that," um, <laughs> because she enters on this sort of giant lion thing that's made up of dancers in mirror costumes it's astonishing it's amazing um my deep with capers as ever is that she the vocals for me aren't just i'm just not interested i think the vocals in that video are pretty good for her considering i saw her x factor performance in the one series of x factor famously that i watched Mm -hmm. uh the series where gary barlow replaced simon cowell yeah and tulisa was on it uh, and Capez did a one of the live shows, mm-hmm. I think, in the finale or in yeah. the semi-finals or something like that. And it was one of the worst performances by a professional singer, mm. so to speak, that I had ever seen. I, I the bitch can't sing. I don't think. Well, I I, I thought so. So yeah. going into the, I think maybe it's not her Super Bowl performance is not amazing, Mm-mm. but what it is is better than what I expected. Yeah. So I think I enjoyed it more because of that. Do you know what? I, I take back that she can't sing. She can sing. You she just has to stand still. She has to stand still. And you don't come to her for subtlety. You get, I'm going to say, like, a bit like if Pink worked for Stagecoach and had had some polyps. Like, it's all very shouty. Why has Pink not done the Super Bowl? Good question. She should be. Silks. Aerial mm-hmm. pink. She's, she's got it all. She's got it all. Uh, Missy comes out during Katy Perry's Yeah, which one. is good. She's nice great. to see Missy. Miss, Missy's great. Missy looks amazing. She does look incredible and she sounds brilliant as well. She looks incredible. Um, Lenny Kravitz. Mm, not it, a, I didn't see enough dick for my Lenny no, Kravitz show. not enough dick. What I did see was we did I Kissed a Girl with, and she was like kneeling at his feet and I was like, oh, you mm. don't. I just feel with Katy Perry, I'm going to... It's what you're attempting... I think what you're going for is you're attempting not to slut shame her. Yeah. But she makes it very difficult to talk about her sexuality without sounding 
like your shirts. I'm not, no, I'm not, I wasn't, it wasn't such shame. It's more like I don't, no, 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 that's agency shaming. I don't see any agency from her. I she feel, puts herself in a position where she's, yeah. And I just, uh, the vi because there's no, you can't, her, her music is so all over the place. It doesn't, it's genreless, but I just feel like she just does what she's told. I just feel she's like... Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd take that and say maybe she does whatever she thinks will get her furthest. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, okay, which is more more empowered, I suppose. It's Yeah, but it's still not great, is it? Still not artistically valid. No. Uh, she's a very beautiful woman and... Has she had some bangers written for has her. Has had some bangers written for her and clearly, I'm you know, I should stop shit-talking her. We'll probably do Capers at some point. Yeah, I'm interested in that. Uh, 2016, Coldplay. Fuck off. Ugh. Did we watch this? We, I know we, we did because I remember because Beyonce's in it. it. But it's. I think Beyonce. This is my theory. Remember we talked about this last mm. night. My, my my theory is that Beyonce is mates with Chris Martin, and it's fucking. It's the worst thing I've ever thought. I just think you get to a point where you're too famous not to be friends with other really famous rich people, right? Yep. No one is too famous to have to be friends with Chris Martin. <laughs> or Gwyneth. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Vag candle. Vag candle. Fucking, like, she's always shoving things up her vagina, which are definitely bad for people's vaginas, and then telling other people to do it so she can make loads of money off them. Beyonce. It's post-lemonade. She comes out and does formation in full, like, military styling mm -hmm. with an army of women behind her. And it is just such... It's just this beautiful moment of excellence in the middle of a fucking Coldplay gig. And you're like... Why couldn't we have more of this? Yeah, why can't we have just watched do it again? 15 minutes of that? And then Bruno Mars does Uptown Funk. And you're like, yeah, this is also better than Coldplay. And you're also, but you're also a bit like, oh, yes, I remember this is a song that I know. Yeah. Anyway, apart from Beyonce, bored. Gaga. 2017. Oh, my. Gaga. Here it comes. First, first Super Bowl post-Trump. Mm -hmm. And Lady Gaga is seeing the Star Spangled Banner and... On the roof of the dome. Jumping off the fucking roof with a cast of amazing queer, non-binary, LGBTQ+. Dressed uh, like Starlight Express. Dressed like Starlight Express. Slash, it's quite Bowie, the styling, isn't it? Mm. And it is a message of hope and freedom and joy. And it's absolutely amazing. Lady Gaga is such a good vocalist. She's such a good writer of pop songs. If you, like 2017, we hadn't even, we didn't even know she could act. All we knew about her was her as a pop star. Incredible. I love Gaga and I even forgive her for stealing Express Yourself. No. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't forgive her. Do you not? I celebrate for her for everything else that she's done. But you don't recognise Born This Way. <laughs> I do love that song. Well, you like Express Yourself, so... <laughs> um, you know who's never going to forgive her for it? Madonna. Correct. Me, you, Madonna. But yeah, absolutely flawless. She is an incredible performer. Um, Vokes on point. A plenty. The choreo on point. Mm -hmm. The styling, everything about it. Encore foi. Yeah. She even plays the piano as well. She like, does. And the guitar. Yeah. I love a guitar. Oh, I live for a guitar. Incredible. And that was the last good Super Bowl we had. Sadly enough, yeah. yes. We 
Did we watch the... What was the one after it? Uh, Justin Timberlake. Gross. In, in Which Mia. we watched live, anyway. Yeah, and he did the Prince... Uh, I can't be... I'm not interested in Justin Timberlake. Then it was... Although uh, he is... We should probably mention the the person to appear the most. Yes, he is. At the Super Bowl. He has appeared three times in a nominally headliner slot. And then last year we had Maroon 5. So this year we've got... Shakira, Shakira, and Jennifer Lopez. Big diva Big energy. Diva energy. Recently shunned by the Oscars, she's going to leave it all on the floor. I think that's J Lo. Sorry, not not Shakira. 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 Um, I don't. I don't know if Shakira can act. I bet she can. I bet she can. Um, the Shania Twain of South America. <laughs> I think it's going to be great. I think they are going to do a. I think they're going to share the set. With a couple of duets. Mm. I think. Yeah, well, that make the most sense. I think they will conflate two of their songs from their back back catalogue. You think it's going to be from the BCs? So we're talking uh, whenever, wherever. Yeah. And we're talking maybe Jenny from the Block. Yeah, 100%. Something like that, rather than what new material? I hope not. Uh, Play, I reckon. Mm -hmm. Play would be good. so the Super Bowl has quite a history of having, with Gloria Estefan and the salsa years, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's kind of harkening back to that. I wonder if we'll have a marching band. Will there be neon? These are the, Will there be hydraulics? These will are there questions be we need fire? to ask. I'm going to need to see a man on fire. <laughs> I want to see Mark Anthony on fire. Or Ben Affleck. Or Ben Affleck. Um, oh, I think we'd all like to see that. A pyre of all their old boyfriends. That'd be good. Yeah, that'd be incredible. So they just, they build a bonfire and yeah. then throw all of their ex-boyfriends on the top. Oh, underneath your clothes. That'd be incredible. What would be the best song for them to burn their ex-boyfriends to? She-Wolf. <laughs> She-Wolf is mad. Remember the She-Wolf video? Yeah, of course I, I do. I live for Shakira. I, when we watched uh, the Gaga one, when this, she did Telephone, I couldn't remember if Beyonce appeared. And we were like, is she going to Skype in? Maybe. <laughs> For <her fourth> maybe <laughs> Shakira will get Beyonce to Skype in. Oh, you, you couldn't maybe. you couldn't put Beyonce in the mix. J-Lo wouldn't allow it. No, she wouldn't, would she? Um, that's She'd the woman who can't sing Thomas. as well, Jennifer yeah. Lopez. Hey, easy. She can't. I'm afraid it's that's, that's fact. Um, she's a great actress, incredible dancer, one of the most beautiful women of all time. She cannot sing. Um, so... What? Well, it doesn't bode Come well for me. the Super Bowl, does it? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so that'll be interesting. I think as long as we go heavy on the pyro and the hydraulics, n- n- hopefully not that many children. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd like it if there were less children. I don't want time. a Hunger Games one. No. Can't be doing with that. Um... So where are we watching it? Is there a Super Bowl party? Let us know. I mean, one of the principal reasons Holly didn't explain this in the intro that she wrote, but um, that we're doing this is because the Super Bowl is in two weeks. Mm -hmm. So next week, we're going to uh, release the first part of our double-parter episode about the one and only... Gird your lines, bitches. Celine Dion. Celine Dion. Featuring friend of the pod, glorious superstar. Icon. Herself, Ruben K. Ms. Ruben K. It's, just prepare yourselves mentally, physically, maybe book a day off work. 
I would. Yeah. Because it's gonna, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna destroy you. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's gonna punish you. This tune's gonna punish you. This episode's gonna punish you. Um. So I think it's worth saying, basically. So we're going to release this, uh, today, and then next week we will have uh, first part of Ruben talking about Celine. And then the following week, our little diva energy will come the day after the Super Bowl. And we will deconstruct Yeah, what... We will. We felt that it wasn't fair to go all the way through the Super Bowls to then have a conversation about how good this one was, which is what I'm assuming it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> we felt that it wasn't fair to do that. So we, we're going to isolate it next time to have a chat about what what it was like but this episode has been in, in favor of kind of giving you the background great so there you have it my divas uh thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed uh our halftime show retrospective and you enjoy j-lo and shakira prepare your nearest and dearest for hurricane k uh get in touch if you want to get in touch you can tweet us at diva energy or you can email us at diva energy pod at gmail.com Bye. Bye. Happy Super Bowl, everyone. Go sports. Go team sports. Go team ball.